1: Welcome to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Durko, where the saints show us how it's done. They've been through it and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Based on Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, saints who found God's will and how you can too. Julie shares unique stories from the lives of the saints to show how they searched for and discovered God's will for their lives.
0: a story to share with you today. It's very inspirational and it has to do with love, devotion, and influence when no one, when you don't think anyone's watching or well after your death. It's really an inspiring story and it centers around a little girl, a young girl, school age. I don't know what age she was, but young. And this little girl belonged to a Catholic school in China, in a village, it was a parish school. And it was around 1949. And the communists were being more more and more active. And eventually they go into the school. And the children are, are... nervous and worried and everything is bad is happening to them. They corral them out and this and that. And this one young girl doesn't act afraid. She just folds her hands and she's not afraid and she's not cooperating with them necessarily. And they single her out. They don't like her nonconformity. The target of this particular assault was on the Eucharist. Central to communism is that there is no God, that the state is God and they have a goal to usurp any religious belief or practices. And it must have gotten under somebody's skin that Catholics believe in the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, because this is where the focus goes. So after these soldiers go into the the school and they crowd the children up and this and that, and they see that she is different. She is nonconforming. She won't scatter or say the things they want her to say. She's just very calm. So they take this little girl, this little girl, And they take her into the church and they put her up at the communion rail and they want her to deny Jesus in the Eucharist. Well, she doesn't. They go and get her father. They go into the village and they find her father and they bring him in and they put him up at the communion rail and they want him to do the same thing and he won't do it. And they drag her father away and we don't know what ever happened to her father. Now, right there, that's interesting thing, because here is a young girl and her dad and he had taught her to witness. He had taught her to witness for the gospel, for the love of Jesus Christ at all costs. We presume something very bad happened to her father. He may have been executed or sent to some slave labor camp or something worse. Who knows? We don't get to know what happens to her dad. But we do get to know what happens to the little girl. And the reason why we know this is that the priest who was there, um, they put him in a room. They lock him up in a room like he's under arrest. They lock him up in a room, but somehow he's able to see, I don't know if it's through a crack, through a, a, a little window. Somehow he's able to look from his room into the church, into the area there and the sanctuary and then where the altar rail is, where she is, is, is at. And so he watches all this. He sees the, the drama with the dad and everything like that. So this is how we know about this story because this priest survives later to tell it. But anyway, I think again about the little girl and her dad that he had taught her about the ultimate witness. He taught her what mattered for eternity. And you know, she was in, in the spiritual life more advanced, obviously, than the other children were. And the Lord just, you know, when a little soul is open, he fills it with his grace. And so despite the fact that her dad is dragged away, she remains. So what the soldiers did, they knocked over the tabernacle and opened it and 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 the Eucharist was scattered you know, Eucharist, the communion was scattered all over, the communion hosts were scattered all over. The leader, I don't know who he was, he wanted to prove, and he made a real point because he was attacking Jesus in the Eucharist. And this is one reason why we know it was very, very satanic uh, manipulation behind this man. But he wanted to prove to them that God was not in the tabernacle, that God was not in the communion host because when they scattered them about on the floor of the, of the sanctuary, he ordered the soldiers to stomp on them and they did. And he said, see, see, we've just stomped on God and nothing happened. It's not God, it's not God. A, a, a communist regime, is very evil. The goal is to remove God from the people and and replace God with the state. Make no mistake about it. The Catholic Church is very much against this form of government and for obvious reasons. Uh, The evil one uses it to suppress, to persecute, to destroy and to remove God from a society. It is very evil. As they drag this little girl's father away and they take care of the children. I don't know what they do with all the children. And they're locking up the priests and they're, they're, they're doing all this business. Suddenly the priest is in the room, he's watching and they forget about this little girl. She's there at the altar and everyone is gone. And so the priest watches and he's watching and he said a beautiful woman, he doesn't describe her, but a beautiful woman enters then. The little girl hasn't moved. And this woman goes up to the little girl and embraces her and the little girl cries and the woman ushers the little girl away out of the visual of the priest who's watching. So he doesn't know where she goes. But obviously in hiding, everybody's scared. So this is what happens after this. Every day, the priest is, he's watching from his spot just before it gets light. Just when it's just barely light enough to see the little girl sneaks back into the sanctuary. She must be hiding somewhere. This woman took her to a place to hide. She sneaks into the sanctuary. And she folds her hands and she's very reverent and she's very prayerful. And she uses her tongue to bend over on bended knee, but to bend over to the ground so that she can with her tongue, pick up a host. Obviously they've been stomped on and she's not worried about that at all. She's picking up the host with her tongue, consuming Jesus and praying there ever so gratefully. And then she goes back into hiding. And this happens for several days. And the priest is like looking forward to watching this every morning. And he loses track of the days. He doesn't know how many days this went on, but it went on for some some days, we don't know. And then one day when she's gone in there and she's got her hands folded and she's going to, uh pick up a Eucharist with her tongue to consume Jesus because she had been taught out of reverence. We don't touch the host. That's for the priest you always receive on the tongue. That was, and then they had the communion rails, you know, it was that era of time and, and really it wouldn't do us any harm to incorporate that reverence so that we really know the presence of Jesus and acknowledge it with our bodies, you know, with how we behave even coming into a church, do we look to the tabernacle first, or do we look for someone to shake our hand and say, hello, welcome. Well, we're Catholic and it's nice to be welcomed, but when the the Lord of the universe, the King of Kings, the the creator of everything is there, I know, hidden in a tabernacle, hidden under the appearance of bread, but still very much real. when When we walk in, to acknowledge him first would be a nice step in that direction. This last visit with the little girl, she goes in there and there's a shot. He's The priest is watching. He hears a shot and she obviously has been shot and she's trying to receive that last host and before she does, he she falls over dead. Her head hits the ground. She's dead and they leave her there. Very unimportant little girl, she's dead. And the, the priest, it doesn't exactly say how, but somehow he was sprung from his captivity or gets out somehow, whatever. Soon after this, he is able to get out and he, he has just enough time to take her body and give her a Christian burial. Now, if he was the parish priest, maybe he knew her name, maybe he didn't. But he escapes and then tells this story. Well, this story then reaches Fulton Sheen and he makes a promise to do a holy hour all the time, every every day of his life, and he keeps that promise to be in the presence of the Eucharist, and he promotes it to priests on retreats and to to laity, and because of the inspiration of this little girl. And so we have to think in our lives, we don't even know her name. And if you think about the influence of Fulton J. Sheen worldwide, millions of people, He influenced millions of people. And this little girl influenced many people through him. That's the way of it. That's grace. When God inhabits our lives, and when God inhabits what we do, our work, when he is the reason for what we do, long after we're gone, it's just gonna keep going. We touched a certain person who then touched somebody else. Or who knows, we could be influential in the next, the next Mother Teresa. We don't know. And it goes on. So, like to remember this little girl and her influence. She was quite a witness. She gave the ultimate witness. It's been my pleasure to share this with you today. Pray with me. Jesus, Mary, Joseph, we love
1: you. You've been listening to Your Next Mission from God with Julie Durko, produced at the studios of matri Radio in Portland, Oregon. To listen to this podcast, visit matri To find out more about Julie's book, Discover Your Next Mission from God, Saints Who Found God's Will and How You Can Too, or if you're in need of a Catholic speaker for a parish mission, retreat, conference, or event, visit catholicfinishstrong.org.